Hi everybody, Ethan here. Today is a very special Bad Science because we're not talking about a movie, we're talking about a video game. Goldeneye? Uh, Zelda? Breath of the Wild? Super Mario Brothers? No, not any of those top best games of all time. It's Among Us, everyone's favorite space iPhone game where you lie to your friends and have nervous breakdowns and panic attacks over something that where there's no prizes. Anyway, it's my duty to inform you that our big game of Among Us is actually on Seekers YouTube. We all recorded our videos so you can see our ridiculous reactions and some of that might be referenced in the episode, so I just want to let you know we recorded this right after a vicious, aggressive game of Among Us. If you haven't played it, I would recommend it. It's super fun. So yeah, once again, the game and the video I'm referencing during the episode is at Seekers YouTube. Go check it out, and I hope you enjoy the show. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. This is the show where we normally break down the science of a film, but we're not breaking down film today. We're breaking down a video game. It's the first time we're ever doing a video game, and we chose to do Among Us, the popular cell phone video game. You might have heard some of the audio of us playing previously. I actually don't know how it's going to work yet. But joining me to discuss this riveting adventure that we just went on is three old friends of ours. One is the co-host of the Science of Self-Care podcast. She's a comedian, science communicator, and neuroscientist. You may remember from our episode about 51st Dates, it's Dr. Shannon O'Dell. Hello. So happy to be here. Thank you, Ethan. So happy to have you once again uh, and to honestly just feel better about myself after playing Among Us with you because it seemed like you were having almost as much trouble as I was having. Yeah. I mean, I I was having trouble emotionally, yeah. but also physically in the game. Just the fact that you had <laughs> questions about what to do and stuff made me feel like, oh, okay, I'm not totally yeah. useless. <laughs> playing with us and joining us on the pod are our two old buddies that were on the very important Twister episode. They also worked with some guy who's a lot less important named Conan O'Brien. They're writers and podcasters. Aaron Blayard and R.J. Feynman. Hi. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. That was fun playing that game. I'm, I'm not a big gamer, and uh, mm. I kind of got into that. I really enjoy trying to figure out who's lying to me and lying to people. Yeah. Puts you in a little bit of a detective shoes. Yeah. Blay, you are a gamer, from what I understand. You have a podcast that is like dedicated to gaming. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. For Conan, for Team Coco, I do a podcast called Good Game, Nice Try, where every week we talk about video games and have famous gamers on. And uh, so I've played a lot of Among Us. Mm. Um, it's always interesting to play with people who haven't played before because there's a bunch of different, when you start playing a lot, there's a bunch of different strategies that I'm sure we'll get into. Okay. But I like to use the strategy of the blitz, which is very <laughs> <I noticed> that. <laughs> Yeah, which is true. And that but that's actually the strategy I use, which is just remaining crazy through the entire thing. <laughs> so you never know. You because you know, it, it, sure. among us is all about if you are an imposter or not. So I play the game get, like uh trying to set everybody's compass for me to a certain north, which is, I'll type in all caps. I immediately, <laughs> I am, I immediately accuse people. Yes. I, I am just brash and nuts. So then when I am an imposter, 
everyone's like, oh, he's just always crazy. This that's is his thing. thing. Right. So, yeah. yeah, which is true. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the the mode that I fit into. But people have different strategies. And so it's but it's always fun to play with people for the first time to see where they how they kind of work out uh, how they're going to play the game. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I thought that was one of the more entertaining parts of the game was just being able to, as an almost an audience member, it's like, on one hand, I'm trying to just figure out how this damn game works. And then on the other hand, I'm just listening to your analysis <laughs> yeah. of everything. And the other thing, too, is like, you'll notice when I play, I immediately say, get away from me. Get away from me. Stop it. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. Because what then, was that about? when I'm a crewmate, it's funny because also, you know, I do a lot of live streaming. So it's fun to watch. Like, get the... Get away from me. Get the fuck away, you know. Sure. But then also, when I'm an imposter, I can say that when I'm by myself and people think I'm with other people because mm. I've already started to say, get away from me, get away from me. So when I'm stalking someone, I can say that and people are like, oh, it's just Blay being crazy. Right. But that's the whole thing is- He's I'm not following this- me. He's trying to get me away from him. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so I, I, right off the bat, am coming in with a very strong character, very big choices, and so everyone, then when I need to make those choices to help me be an imposter, I've already done the work. See, my nice. strategy was to always over explain what I was doing. And then when I was the imposter, as I was murdering someone, I would say, I'm in the room doing the circle thing or whatever, as right. I'm murdering them. Mm. You know, what's not to jump right into the science. Please do. I, I, it's what's really interesting about Blaze Way of playing is it immediately creates this kind of dichotomy of like in-group and like competition versus other. And, you know, we know from neuroscience and psychology that if you create competition between groups, the like salience of your in-group becomes stronger. So basically what you're trying to do is create a situation where you're you're acting like you're in group with the crewmates when you're the imposter by saying get away from me and that you're against everyone and then everyone's kind of getting on your team. Wow. And also and I, I will say too, I think one thing that I've noticed that by me immediately being a big presence in the room, people who don't have the same kind of self-confidence or don't have that same kind of uh the ability to push back start shrinking away and then are more willing to go my way. If I come at you immediately and you're not ready for it, then it's a boundary issue. And all of a sudden I'm in your space. And then I'm the guy who is starting to say this, this, you know, this person's guilty and not, and putting myself above suspicion, which this is, is how you live well. your life, dude. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> works. I mean, it's, it's, a works. I got, it's a good strategy. I got to, Hey man, I got two Emmys. What do you want? <laughs> Where do you think those came from? Not big choices? That's <laughs> <laughs> true, though. But I, I will say... He did like, murder and, and, two people, too. That's how yeah. it got. Oh, they're not mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I murdered other <laughs> yeah. people. For yeah. You're a thief. They're very sharp. The wings are very sharp. You could stab people. But no, I, I will say, like, uh, that's, that's worked for me. You know, and in video games in general, I think, for me, it's like the best defense is a good offense. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a video game. What's the worst that happens? You die in the game and you play another round. So mm-hmm. um, why not make big choices? Why not save the game quickly before you jump off the waterfall? Who cares? Yeah, I'll also That's what say it's for. that the, not, like, the people who are a little bit more skittish will just naturally come across as suspicious. <laughs> so you have to either just mm-hmm. go all out or be more quiet. Like, your strategy... If it's if it's to be just yourself and kind of timid, uh, I think you're just going to get 
voted out a whole bunch. Yeah, that's I mean, that happened to uh, Caroline, Caroline who we yeah. were playing with, who I think was just probably yeah. being herself. Uh, just a nice person. Sweet yeah. and a little Mistake. shy. Never be yourself. <laughs> Mistake. Yeah. yeah. Take it from me. I'm a monster. <laughs> Yeah, there was, I believe, a moment where Blay accused her and everyone just believed you and instantly <laughs> voted for her. It was crazy. I killed an innocent person. Yeah, that's and, probably and a got good... got a third Emmy. Got a third yeah. Emmy. For Is that, Shannon, do you, do you suggest that as far as like when you know that you're going to have to be in a situation where you're going to have to lie or like bend the truth or just convince somebody that you're like more qualified than you are maybe is that the plan is just to like kind of make a big choice go in hard you know not not seem right i don't know timid or afraid at all i mean i feel conflicted saying this because basically you're telling me what's the science how can we make ev- all our listeners better liars in their lives <laughs> i mean sort of <laughs> we all got to do what we got to do to to you know survive the research is a little mixed some of the things that we know is that lying in general takes a lot of this executive function so it takes this it's not something that is uh you know, so natural to us, we have to make a decision that, you know, going against the actual plan of events is not beneficial. So I'm going to use cognitive control to sort of create a story. Mm -hmm. So one thing that they find is that sometimes it takes people a little bit longer to come up with a story when they're lying, unless it's super rehearsed, which I think is a little bit of like what, what Blay is playing of like, just come up with a story and just blasted at people. There's no hesitation. So people aren't suspicious. Um, because I think we naturally, if people are delaying, think, oh, that must be suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of other things that people, you know, have said makes you could tell a liar if they do this, this, and this. That research is a little bit mixed. Like for a long time, people used to think if you looked at a certain up in a certain direction, have you right. heard about this? Sure. Yes. Like if you looked to the left, up to the left, that means you're lying, and up to the right, you're telling the truth. There's been research on that 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 isn't true or doesn't Debunked. seem to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just interesting to think about because everyone's so different, and some people are really good at lying. As a good liar, I think that for me, the best lies have half truths in them. So when I, I think, and I think that that's kind of the thing, and and that's kind of what RJ was saying in terms of like. He's lying, but he's saying he's in the room. He's lying about whether or not he's the imposter, but he is saying the actual room that he's in. Because mm-hmm. then you're not really... I think the key to, to lying well is to believe that it's, you're not lying. And to do that well, you, you wrap a lie around a kernel of truth. Mm-hmm. And so, again, what that would be in my example is my truth being I'm this brash character who's very loud so then it doesn't matter what i'm saying because i'm leaning into the truth that i'm this character doing this thing um rather than having to make up this story or this lie kind of from whole cloth i'm interested to hear from shannon about what it like blade just said he's a good liar i consider myself a good liar i actually genuinely enjoy playing these types of games because i do well at it at them and I like lying. So I wonder what does Red it flags say? All over the like place. what is it what does it <laughs> yeah. say about us? You're you're to say this on a podcast, you're to tell yeah. us. No, your wife is listening that. from the other room, no, no, just no. one tear just down at her games, cheek. I'm not like, <laughs> you know, I'm not a crazy uh, you know, lying in real life person, but I do genuinely like doing right. it. So what does it say about me 
that I am good at it and I like lying. Is why is that so weird? I feel like guilty about. I don't. It. I think I don't think you should feel guilty. I think obviously a lot of people like these games. Uh, you know, Among Us is so popular. I think there's probably uh, lots of parts to it. So I think before we get to the lying, but just why do people like this game? Um, people like trying to figure out what other people are thinking. I think that's kind of like a natural thing that we like to do as humans. Humans have evolved these highly complex social networks in their brain, and we have the ability to do something which is called theory of mind, which is the idea that you can think about and conceptualize what other people's like motivations are um, outside of yourself. We might think like, of course, that's just, you know, of course you can put yourself in someone else's shoes. That's it's a easy thing to do, but it's actually kind of cognitive, cognitively pretty advanced and children can't even do it until a certain age. They can't think of what other people's motivations are. And we have this theory of mind and that's part of why we like, you know, storytelling and we like uh, reading, we like movies. We like the idea of being able to put ourselves in other people's mindsets and sort of like think about their psychology. So I think that's one part of it is that we just like trying to see who's sus and kind of talk about what their motivations are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it too, it, as you were saying that it, it made me think of like, um, like literally imposter syndrome, which I feel a lot in like work and what, you know, whatever. So there's a bit of like, uh, like almost gamesmanship in just tricking myself that I can do mm. something myself, you know? Yeah, I mean, I uh, it's like a safe stress environment. There is something a little bit stressful about, right. you know, being an imposter and you, we get that like little adrenaline kick and it's in a very safe sure. environment, which is just like no stakes. And RJ likes to murder. That's really what it is. Yeah. yeah. You're a murderer. You like always have murder. been and always will be. You love the murder part. Right. <laughs> you love pushing them out of the airlock and seeing as they slowly like Alan Rickman at the end of Die Hard. Yeah. You like fall down like no. <laughs> Yeah, it's but less ice forms on their face and they their heart stops beating and RJ's just like <laughs> sexually aroused by murder. Say it. Sexually aroused. Well, that, that's me. I just put a little See that's that's a that's a kernel of truth in a lie. Right. I'm okay. sexually aroused by murder and you like to right. murder. There's the lie and there's the kernel of truth. Uh no, but in video games again, yeah, they're you know, uh, video games again obviously, fantasy wish fulfillment, but you know, one of the one of the things that I love particularly about Among Us and games like this are, you know, being a comedian and being a writer, you know, a lot of comedy comes from misdirection. It comes from surprise. You know, you talk about the rule of three in comedy. The third thing is always funny. And that's because you're setting up a pattern, then you're breaking it. And and when we're laughing, we're laughing because, you know, the tribe of monkeys that all they all humans used to be. I, as I understand it, would laugh to show the rest of the tribe that something surprising isn't dangerous. Hmm. And so there is in that world, when you're writing a joke, you kind of need to lie to somebody because you're going to misdirect them to make them laugh. So um, that's kind of why I like Among Us as well. As a writer, as a storyteller, as a comedian, it plays into that kind of storytelling misdirection thing and it's very pleasurable in a sexually uh, uh arousing way yeah. to also murder people right. while fulfilling that right. part of it scratches two itches <laughs> correct all right we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back 
the break is over. Here we go, back to the show about science. I wanted to ask about the mob mentality aspect of this or herd mentality aspect of this because I definitely felt like I was in the mob listening to Blay accuse people and just like I viscerally felt like no, my mind all. is being taken over. I believe him. I don't know why I do. So I have that what, effect on a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was happening? How did I get hijacked and how can we like, I don't know, be more aware of that in society? I mean, I think again, thinking back, uh, we've evolved these brains where being in a social group was very beneficial, right? So we find, you know, being in group to be very rewarding our brain releases that dopamine and we're like yes yes we're part of the gang and uh what research finds you know because we we can psychologists have theorized that when you're in a group you can kind of lose your sense of self right and you'll just go with a leader and and kind of compromise your beliefs your morals and they could act they can actually test this in a lab i was reading this really interesting study where they found, you know, they put people in groups against each other. And what you see normally is if you ask someone about their morals and their beliefs, we see certain areas of the brain light up, most specifically this area of the brain called the medial prefrontal cortex. And it's kind of associated with your like, your sense of self. And when we put people in these like kind of mob mentality like situations, we ask them to like talk about their decisions, all of a sudden this medial prefrontal cortex is kind of dampened because they're in this kind of group think of like, it's not necessarily their beliefs, it's not their sense of self, it's I'm doing this for the greater good. I'm mm -hmm. doing this to be part of the group and there's shared responsibility. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, interesting and a little scary. It's so funny because <laughs> yeah. I have such an That's aversion awesome. to that person. Like Blay is that guy and he's like, he's like the guy rising up to get the mob around him. And I've like almost made a career trying to dethrone that guy. But like, yes, you have. But, but what I'm saying is, like, I don't appreciate. But when that happens in the group, I'm like looking around, like, we gotta. This guy's full of shit. We gotta take this guy down. But, but no, that's not a common thing. I think you're right. There's like this weird, like, oh, someone's gonna lead us, so let's uh, let's follow Great. along. Yeah, yeah. I don't have yeah. to lead us. Yeah. I don't have to make decisions. This guy's gonna do it. Awesome. Yeah, look at Trump. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We're just dealing with the last four years of this right. crap. It's insane. Yeah. But no, I, I totally agree. And, and it's, a, it's a weird thing. I, I think the, I'm, I'm so fascinated by psychology. And that's why I love this episode and love this topic. Uh, because it is, group dynamics are so interesting. And, and I also think it's really interesting that, to my knowledge or experience, I feel like once you get a certain critical mass of people, we all revert to high school and clicks and all these things and who's cool and trying, oh man, like I, I want to, I, I perceive this person is cool. So I want to follow them or, you know, oh, these people are weird. They're not like me. It's such a fascinating, I don't know. I just love it. It's really cool to see how, how we kind of all try to interact, uh, both being true to ourselves, but also trying to please and others. And so cool group. how none of us, I mean, we know Ethan and we knew Brett in that game, but really we didn't know, not everyone knew everyone. So and, and it's just so natural that everyone just like takes sides all of a sudden, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of freaky. It's kind of scary. Yeah. I, I was yeah. going to ask if people do it sometimes without knowing they're doing it. Like, I, I think, Blay, you were kind of touching on it because you were saying you you wrap lies in truths and that way it seems a lot more natural or I guess it's a lot more believable 
for you and the person that you're speaking to. Sure. Um, and then you mentioned, of course, our wonderful president, um, Trump, who, uh, <laughs> who I think, if I had to guess, is lying constantly without knowing that he's lying. Like, I, I mean, sometimes I'm sure he knows, but it seems like watching him speak, he's just even... I don't know, like yeah. unaware of what where reality is. Malignant, malignant narcissist, man. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. is it, at what point does that skill of, because, you know, like you said, it is psychologically or, or, or cognitively difficult, like something that you have to learn and get better at and rehearse. You know, you're saying like if, if you rehearse your lie, you're going to do it more uh, accurately. So like at what point does that skill of deception, let's say, become an addiction or become something out of your control a weapon yeah a dangerous yeah, weapon like I, to yourself yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i think yeah this is really interesting i'm not totally sure there has been some research basically just showing that people who are a little quicker are better at lying there is some like connectivity differences between people who are good at lying and people who are maybe not so good at lying um but when it gets dangerous, I mean, I think we all as a society can decide <laughs> when it gets dangerous. Um, but it's just interesting to, again, think about the human brain and human evolution because, you know, there is, there's a reason that we find coordination rewarding. Like just being part of the group and coordinating and doing what the group says is rewarding and sometimes can be more rewarding than actually getting the, a, a prize of winning, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that it's, you're you're getting enough satisfaction in itself of being part of the group and by getting that satisfaction that's going to motivate you to stay in that group so yeah it's it's tricky wow and and do you think that we're getting better at being able to detect it like i was trying to do some research into lie detector machines and from the very minimal research that I have done, it was showing essentially that like we're kind of in the same place that we were however many years, like decades ago, that we still can't really uh, definitively tell. And I think any kind of lie detecting technology, it's, it's, it's best guess. And, you know, even the best stuff that we can do with brain imaging studies, we'll see like, oh, you know, people who are lying have increased activity in this, but that's in testing lots of people and then finding an effect. It's not every individual that you put in a lie detector or in a brain imaging study, you can tell this is a lie, this is not. Those are just general effects. So whether we're going to be able to like read people's minds and whether lying or not, I don't think that'll ever be the case. And I, I don't think that we necessarily should get to that point with neuroscience. <laughs> George Orwell, thought police. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also think, think that. I mean, also, right? Lie detectors are lie, are measuring if how much you think it's a lie. Right. It's not measuring the truth, right. the fact of a thing. So, if you truly believe it, then it's not going to detect it because you right. truly believe it. And so, um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting thing. I I think I got really into. All right, look, I'm a. I'm a weird guy, okay? I got really into watching police interrogation videos on YouTube, <laughs> all right, for a long Jesus. time. As I, as I, when I would work what? out, when, when I you would, would work out, out. it would stimulate you. Yeah, when like... I would work out, I would put that on. What and, kind of workout um, were you doing? I need to know the details of this. You know, I, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, what kind of workout uh, were you doing while you watched a police interrogation? Yeah. I mean, look, I, it gets, I, it's something to keep my mind off the, the pain, the physical pain I'm in and the emotional pain I'm always in. But so anyway, but that's, that's, that's fascinating because there, it falls into kind of two categories. One is 
where they know they've done something bad. And so they can read them. And, and it's interesting because a lot of these videos on YouTube will back it up and say, okay, hey, when she, you see how sad she was about breaking her iPad. And then, you yeah. know, she's not sad at all about her parents. And it's like, well, that's an obvious thing. But then there's other ones where like the killer just is believes that they're fine. And those people are so much harder because they don't believe that they're lying. And so it's an mm. int it's a that's really an interesting to thing, add which is to add to that and I know I just shit on you for watching these things but I've also watched some of these things not while I'm ah, not while I'm working see? out not while I'm working what out like, like okay what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing when you're sitting he's yeah he's in the bedroom in the bedroom but what I was gonna say yeah 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 well I'm watching them yeah okay I'll I'll leave it what I was gonna say was what I find interesting about things like that is. When you when the person knows they did something wrong and you can clearly tell and they're being interrogated, but then there's like another piece of information that comes out, like this is just whatever. Like they also stole this thing and they didn't, and you can tell their whole body changes. They're like, Whoa, whoa, like I definitely yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. do that. You know, yeah. like it's a, it's a very clear, like they did something wrong, they think they're being interrogated for it. Something else is brought up in their whole body. Yep. They like their personality changes. It's crazy. It's crazy. You guys got to watch these videos. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, are apparently. great. I, I, I do th not think I want to watch police interrogation videos. <laughs> there's, well, there's another. So I I'm going to make you for an episode. <laughs> yeah, do it. No! <laughs> but there's another. So there's this great book. You guys know David Simon, who created The Wire, created Homicide, the TV show, mm -hmm. uh, Trim, all these other great shows. He started out as a Baltimore uh, as a reporter, a Baltimore reporter. And he wrote a fantastic true book called Homicide in the 80s, uh, which basically at this point in the 80s, no one had had this kind of unfettered access to a detective uh, unit. And like in that year in Baltimore, there was something like 438 murders, like wow. so much murders happening. And he follows along these detectives. And it's really the psychology of how these guys operate and how they try to catch these criminals is fascinating. And one of the things that I learned uh, reading this book, which everybody should read, um, is people in many ways want to confess. Right. They want to tell the truth. It weighs on them. Right. It weighs on them. And so these people want to tell the truth. So one of these things that the, de the detectives will do is kind of give somebody like a little tiny window where they'll you know th what they'll start with is and it's kind of good cop bad cop a little bit but say all these terrible things terrible things but you know what if you tell us what it is we can maybe make it a little bit easier for you and just give them a little bit of a window and then they'll say oh they'll jump at that chance because they want to tell you know yeah isn't um, that also why they like return to the scene of the crime and do those types of behaviors because like they're just I don't know. I, 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 I think I read also there's a part of like every criminal that sure. will push the envelope more sure. than they should because they yeah. want to be caught. They want to be caught. They want yeah. the recognition or something. Yeah. yeah, or just something. I mean, I, but that's a, that's a fascinating thing, you know, like to me, it's kind of like these people know they've done something wrong. They want to confess. Well, yeah, that's uh, like when, when I like to go back to the game almost or in games similar to this, I like to lie. And I like it when it works. But if no one knows after, then it sucks. Right. Then I then well, I'm sure. like then it's like whatever. So that <laughs> no kind of goes to these these kind of. you know these murderers or whatever you know like people who commit crimes. It's like they had a satisfaction in getting away with it, and then there's this like need to like 
tell people like, hey, look what I pulled off. I'm cool, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but but think about but think about for a second how different Among Us would be to, to RJ's point, which I totally agree with. Think about how different it would be if at the end of every round you didn't find right. out who is it would suck. It didn't say it didn't say victory for either team. It wow. just ended. Yeah. You would want right. to get Wouldn't everyone's emails and email them that I just yeah. lied to everyone. Because because the other thing that Among Us and 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 Shannon, to your point, the other thing that Among Us does is when you the, at the end of the round, it says victory and has the entire team of crewmates or it says defeat and it has the two imposters there. So that is the little dopamine in your head. It's rewarding you for either surviving with your crew yeah. or survive or or killing the crew by by showing the people who won which i think is really fascinating and i wonder how that game would be different if it didn't do that i think it's uh, to that point i think it's really interesting because you do find out who everyone was and the whole point of the game i think is to play multiple rounds with people right and we know yeah. from you know psychological studies and game theory and stuff like that that the more you play with someone your strategy changes uh you know of who not mine. Yeah, not mine. For yours. Yeah, but what? I need but to get you in a psychological study not, where it's like a prisoner's dilemma, and you're just like, I blow up the room. <laughs> Easy. The only way to win is not to play. 100%. Yeah. He comes in and introduces himself as Blitzkrieg Blake. <laughs> well, normally you, but you guys made, but this is another thing that you guys made me, right. or you asked nicely to be my own name. Normally, I'll be like. You know, let's kill RJ right, right, or something right. as like the, as the title right, right away. Usually. I mean, everything I do <laughs> when I'm not is, even is, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you're, you're like, who's RJ? Uh, but no, but that but that's a thing. But too. to those uh, strategies, yeah. it sucks to be um, someone who is good at being the imposter or good at being a liar when you play a bunch of games in a row, and then people start to catch on to that and carry that information onto a new game. That sucks because then when you're not the imposter, <laughs> right. and everyone's like. Oh, it's def they've been the imposter a few times and they've beaten us every time. Well, let's just vote them out right away. That sucks. Right. Right. Well, it gives people a control group. And by right. being a character right up front, I'm not giving right. people. That's why I want to play They're these games with a new set of people every single time so that I can that defeat them not how every it works. time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, of playing poker yeah. because I, like the strategy at the beginning of poker is kind of the same deal. It's kind of like you want to just absorb as much information as you can get people's patterns and then that way you can catch them in a lie yeah exactly yeah no 100 percent. but i mean I, I the other thing too is i i think it's fascinating how i mean look everyone lies in ways that we don't really even understand like someone asks you like hey man how are you oh i'm fine thanks well, you're not fine. There's something going on. Everyone's got something wrong all the time. That's Very like a polite are... social lie. Yeah, but it's like, right. But you're lying to the other person and you're lying to yourself by saying mm -hmm. something that's not true. Like, yeah. so I, I'm fascinated by those little tiny lies we tell ourselves. Or, you know, what's interesting. Oh, sorry. I was just saying, lying by asking, how are you? Do I really want to have a conversation about everything yeah. that's bad about that's you? That's a great point. Yeah. Whoa. Double lies. We're just everyone's lying to each other. That's a very, that's a, very, that's a really. <laughs> but good don't you point. think things and like that have like tran like transcended the actual question and the actual answer? Now it's just more of like a greeting. You know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Like, are we really lying when we 
when we do that? I think I think I, it's some way of trying to get some information because even if you know somebody is lying, they'll probably give you some kernel of truth in there or some kernel of like, oh, I can latch onto that. I yeah. can ask about maybe this little detail or something. Even if it's not in their verbal response, it could be in the right. Phrase. right. <laughs> yes, or in or in their language on that stuff. I yeah. think one thing, and th- I, this might be a little bit of a divisive issue, oh, but. Boy. That's why I'm such a good podcast guest. Uh, Please, another lie. One thing I, I've noticed about during quarantine that comes around is, and w- when we talk about lying and lying to ourselves and these things, I saw at the very, so I'm a person who, I'm a psychopath, I'm a maniac, I work all the time, I love making stuff, and I make stuff all the time. And uh, I also love to work out and all these things. I saw a thing right at the beginning of quarantine that was going around when quarantine started, that was like, you don't need to, guys, it's okay. Just take care of yourself. Self-care during this time. Don't worry about writing your book. Don't worry about getting in shape and all this other stuff. And I've seen that come around again now that there's a vaccine and stuff. It's like, guys, it's okay. You know what? You're going to be fine. It, these last 10 months, you've just been working on you and that's okay. And I think that's really fascinating because I think what that is, is a response to people being very unhappy and wanting to lie to themselves that they were doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I think that people, now look, I do believe self-care is important. And I think that people should and should have been taking care of themselves and during this time. But I think it's lying to yourself to not acknowledge the fact if you wanted to get in shape and you were unhappy about it, lying to yourself, I don't think is healthy or a smart way to go. I think it's also okay to be like, you know what? I took care of myself. I'm disappointed that I didn't do X, Y, or Z, but I I did do that, you know? So mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing that I think has been happening during quarantine that I don't like. I don't like that non-acknowledgement of that mm-hmm. feeling because I think we all need to be honest with ourselves about how we feel. Yeah. I'm <laughs> Unpack that one, Shannon. Yeah, Unpack that one. Be- Bam. Here's yeah, the hot like, potato. I think I'm going to be on the other side of that. I think that this is... Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think this has been an incredibly stressful time for many, many different reasons, for many, many different people. I know I that know. you know that. But I, uh, I think um, in terms of creating narratives and the narratives we want to put out there, people are always going to be hard on this. Maybe not everyone's going to be hard on themselves. People are always going to be hard on themselves and think that they should be doing more, especially when they're isolated and they're not getting kind of like the social interactions and the, you know, like you're doing a good job of like, keep on going. It's like we kind of need to change the ideas we put out there because ultimately the goal is just for everyone to make it through this. To survive. To survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. but to, to disagree I, with Blay and to it. jump on this <laughs> oh. Shannon wagon. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I think that we live our lives it, like the the big lie that we tell each other ourselves, and it's like just tricking ourselves in order to survive. Is that we're going to just keep living? You know what I mean? Like no one wakes up every day and is like, "Well, we're gonna die in the next couple." Like, so I think sometimes, to Shannon's point, these like tricks to ourselves or these lies to ourselves make just living in this whatever this is that you know covid state like a little bit more comfortable and i think that that's okay i agree i'm not and i'm not arguing that what i'm arguing is the non-acknowledgement of disappointment which i think is not good i'm I'm, I'm with you blay sorry to interrupt but i wanted to balance this out so that it's two two 
uh, keeping points uh, as RJ's if it's a game. Yeah. Sus. <laughs> this is a big among yeah, us I don't know, RJ. Pro self-care, anti-self-care. What side are you on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life life is a big Among Us game. No, listen, I am pro. I've been pro- trying to push RJ out of the airlock since birth. As <laughs> soon as this quarantine's over, man. Um, no, I'm... I, I, it's hard for me. I'm a little bit on the fence, but I'm more on Blaze's side only because I do think, and maybe this is like a cultural thing or like a societal thing that I'm just noticing more lately than, than ever. I think that there is this need to tell ourselves that we're all right and, and not just ourselves, but like people in our inner circles or outer circles sometimes. Like I am a very driven dude not trying to seem narcissistic i just know that about myself i like to get a lot done and so when i speak to my friends i don't want the sugarcoating conversation i don't want to hear oh yeah i've been great you know sometimes i'll speak to a friend or a family member and all that's all that i'm getting pretty much it's just like everything's great and it's like first of all that's never true Every, everything is definitely not great. There's always things that are wrong, either with you or things that are around you. And then two, it's like, I just want to hear what you want to improve on. And I want to hear what you have failed at and then how you're going to fix it. Because none of us are perfect human beings. You, <laughs> you know, want to hear what always... I failed at? Dude, <laughs> yeah, dude. Hold on. It, just... it drives me further too. I think that's what Blaze is getting at. Am I wrong? Yeah. yeah. What I'm getting at is just, I don't, I don't think- It's there, more interesting. I, 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 you don't need to dwell on it. But you also, I think being on the other side of the spectrum, yeah. ignoring it is also unhealthy. I think it's good to acknowledge disappointment totally. and pain because yeah. that's how we improve to Ethan's point. And I, I think this thing of like, oh, it's fine. You know what? You might've had a plan, but fuck that. You're doing great. It's like, well, no, you can, I think you can hold those two Sorry. thoughts in your mind at the same time. But right. I need to, I need to self-care. And, but I also would like to get this done and I didn't and that's bad and that's okay. I, yeah. There's Sorry. a balance. Yeah, yeah. I, There's I a think balance. the balance is huge and I just want to hear the balance. I, I don't want to hear one side. Yeah, see, I, I don't want to hear the balance because, <laughs> I, because I understand already that everyone is going through shit. So I don't need to hear it and I don't want to hear it. If I'm talking to my friends like you three, I want to hear something good, something fun, like social interactions. It's it's all part of that like group part of that game. It's all about you. It's all no, about it's you. No, it's not about we me. Should, no, 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 we I should change that. our behavior and what we're saying no. because you don't like to hear it. That's what I'm hearing. No, what I'm saying is I don't think. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. People... Oh, no, am I making you upset by bringing up something? Sad? No, but I think you're just being redundant. Because everyone is, and everyone gets it. You know Jesus what Christ. You know what I'm RJ's saying? RJ's like, life is pain. Life is pain. Life what? is pain. Bury it deep. I was born in the dark, molded you know what by it. I'm sensing is that we're going to have different before. groups of people, people who want to share their pain and people who don't, and they're going to stick together. And, you know, when they're hanging out together, they're going to have a lot of oxytocin flowing, <laughs> uh, you know, just to bring it back to the science. I don't know what that is, but it's flowing. Yeah. It's flowing. It's flowing. Uh, that's so Javon. It sounds like something you need yeah. to fix in Among Us. <laughs> yeah. Guys, my oxytocin, I can't come out. My the other side, oxytocin, whatever that word was, leak in my apartment. No, but I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I'm all for self-care and, and all for people being comforted and that stuff. But I, I do think there is this thing where letting yourself off the hook completely is I, I think is just as bad as dwelling in the darkness. I, I think there there is a balance there. Right. You know, and it's like, oh fuck it. I'll just eat another bag of Doritos. Well, no, you don't 
you ate a bag. Why eat two? Like, well, no, one Ranch D's and one <laughs> okay, cheese burritos. Right. I'm gonna eat both. <laughs> you gotta have both. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a I'm a crunchy Cheetos man anyway, so I'm not a Dorito right. guy. But that's kind of my point. Is I I think that there is, I like self care. I'm obviously very for it, but I I don't agree with this whole like let's just put a layer of let's just let's just you know plaster the whole thing over because it's important to remember this is a horrifying time. And we need to band together as people. And if we start thinking, like, here's where my mind goes. If we start thinking, it's all fine. It's all good. It's all going to be fine. It's, hey, why wear a mask? There's going to be a vaccine, right? Fuck it. Fuck it. Why? It's all That's the be extreme, fine. for well, sure. No, no, no. For sure. It is the extreme. It is the extreme. But I, I'm saying that it is a thing of like, well, let's all acknowledge this is a scary, dangerous time. We still need to wear masks. The vaccine hopefully is coming. But let's all, even after the vaccine is out, let's all acknowledge that it's scary. And I think people... Mm-hmm just see something they get afraid and they shut down yeah. or they respond to it with well i'll be fine and it's like well, well that's yeah. not i don't think that's how mm-hmm. i think it's building on the I lie think- that's the part that yes. bothers me and that's why i'm such an obsessive comedy fan sorry shannon i was just gonna say that like i think in comedy what's so great is that it's like the truth wrapped in this nice uh bacon mm-hmm. you know what i yeah. mean it's like delicious and fun and yeah. uh yeah, you know, I I don't know. I think it's important to like say both. Like, give me give me the raw stuff. Even you know, I'm not even saying you have to like post whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's something different. That's a different <laughs> lie. But if you're talking to me on the phone, it's like you can tell me the real deal, and then we can laugh about how fucked we are. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like the the Colbert Report was one of my favorite shows because he was playing Stephen Colbert was playing this character and just saying lying shit the whole time about truth right and right. it just highlighted his lies highlighted the truth in a very comedic way which i thought was yeah. very effective just because i am i kind of brand myself as a, as someone who studies self-care i would say the goal of self-care ultimately is to give yourself the break so then you can deal with the stresses it's not to ignore the stresses right it's to give yourself a bit of relief yeah. You know, just like anything that you learn in therapy and totally. stuff, it's to give yourself that moment to kind of distance yourself so you can say, okay, now I can take the pile on myself and, and parse through it. 100%. Yeah. Giving yourself the space. I totally yeah. agree mm-hmm. uh, to giving yourself the space is so important. I think um, it's not two on two anymore. I think, Shannon, you just encapsulated it perfectly and we're all on the same page. Yeah. And let's yeah. vote her out and of the she's out. See you, <laughs> Shannon. Shannon. <laughs> she's the imposter. <laughs> Knew it. I think it's interesting too, like how I would love to see a study of when people play Among Us and they get killed by someone and then are paired up with them the next go around. How how scared they they would react. Yeah, yeah. How scared. But you know what I'm saying? Like, will we, are we going to work together as a team, even though you just stabbed me in the back? Yeah. You know, is, is the common goal of us murdering everyone else on the ship overriding the fact that you just killed me and you lied to my face? I mean, I think that's a fascinating. How people can switch allegiances interesting well there there is interesting psychological research on this where you know they all these like kind of neuroeconomics game theory type studies they've looked at you know how people will work against their own self-interest if it means like getting revenge on someone who screwed them over the last totally. round totally. and wow. that they find and that like actually they find that rewarding they find their re- re- revenge as rewarding as you know, if they were to win. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Damn. That's fascinating. I yeah. mean, is that just a lack of like not thinking about the why? You know, like do people just not zoom out enough and go, wait a minute, why am I doing this exactly? What's my goal yeah. here? I mean, I think 
it's, you know, again, in these, in people who study neuroeconomics and game theory, the idea is that, yeah, in the perfect situation, you would do this outcome because that gets you, you know, the biggest prize, but humans are complicated and we're affected by ideas of equity and, you know, revenge and rep uh, like, and fairness and all these things that are built into our brains because, you know, they helped us survive for, you know, so long, but uh so yeah it's we're not per we're not a perfect system or maybe we are a perfect system because maybe that's good that oh, or maybe you know what perfect. maybe there's just there's just a couple of us like i don't know maybe me who are working in an <laughs> imperfect system a perfect person yep in an imperfect system mm -hmm. that's what i've read there, about yeah. you yeah all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back the break is over here we go back to the show about science. I wanted to ask you guys as writers, uh, speaking about revenge and lying and such, a villain, I feel like a good villain, and correct me if I'm wrong, I could be wrong, needs to believe their BS or believe their lies, right? Like a villain can't just be out to do evil mm -hmm. unless it's, I don't know, like a comedy or a mockery or something, but to be like a believable true villain, they always think, what they're doing is just, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I'll even go farther and say, not even just a villain, but like a a good, like, um, whatever you would call like Michael Scott. Like it works in comedy too. That guy hmm. is a buffoon, but he completely believes everything he's saying. And I think that always works better and like resonates better because to him, you're like watching someone who like 100% believes everything they're saying, but compared to the environment around him, it like makes no sense. And that I think is what is funny or evil in like what you're saying for like a villain. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would, yeah, I would even go one step further and say like, I think it's really interesting when you think about a story and you think about the narrative center of that story. Like Unbreakable is the perfect example that I like to use with villains who think they're doing the right thing. So I'm gonna spoil the movie, but Unbreakable is Bruce Willis, has superpowers and is a good, actually turns out to be a, a real good superhero in real life. And Samuel Jackson turns out to be a villain in real life, a supervillain who's been killing all these people, but he's doing it to try to find these superheroes so they can basically save people. I think when you talk about stories and like RJ said with Steve Carell and Michael Scott, um, it's where's the narrative center? If we were shown, if, if The Office was a story told about Michael Scott and his trials and tribulations in The Office, we would see him as a sympathetic character and everyone else would be morons and idiots and yeah. others screwing everything up. But we're shown a different view, so he is the outlier there. And that's really true. I think every character, period, should always think they're doing the right thing, just like in real life. We all, we're all just trying to get by and we think we're doing the right thing mm -hmm. for the most part. And so it's like, but where, as a storyteller, where are you setting your narrative center? And that's how you're portraying heroes and villains. That's why it's so important. This is just a message for everybody, I think, to hear both sides <laughs> of the story, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if everyone thinks that they are right and they're the hero of their own life, yeah. they're probably bending some realities when they're <laughs> telling you this person is wrong or this person did this, you know? And it's like, well, maybe hear it from them also before just like absorbing their information. Totally. That's why I love un unreliable stories with unreliable narrators. Like you think about Fight Club and it's like, 
where the unreliable narrator thinks they're doing one thing, but in reality, they're not. But we don't know that because we're only seeing their POV. I totally agree. And I think when it comes to trust, and I, I think it comes to games like Among Us, I would never go with somebody like myself who plays that game, who has one myopic point of view. Because that, to me, says you're lying regardless. Yeah. <laughs> to your point, right. Ethan, I think that people who tell the truth acknowledge more than one side. And even if you are telling the truth, if you have a myopic, straight-ahead point of view, I am much like less likely to trust you than if you were like, "Well, I don't know. I think so." You know. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about like the lying strategy, but this is making me think. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of the show Survivor, right? And on that show, that's a very similar game in that you have to lie to people, you have to back backstab people, but in order to win someone's trust like what is the strategy in that like i think like in that show it's usually someone will divulge like a very small amount of information and then that's enough to keep people around but in a game like this how do you get people on your side right. not like blaze thing where he just like kind of goes crazy and he comes in real hot but like how do you if you actually want to get people on your side how do you get people to trust you which is kind of the opposite of what we're talking I am so excited you brought up Survivor because the past two weekends, I've watched a, a full season of Survivor. I have never like never watched Survivor, and then I decided to start watching it in full seasons. So Survivor's been on my mind, and everything I see is through Survivor. <laughs> because it, it, it is world. so interesting. It is, it's such a world. And Among Us, it's interesting because the idea – of among us is you can't have alliances, which is so much of Survivor. So much of Survivor, the game is uh, going into alliances with people, even though you know that only one person is going to win. So all everything, everything you say, it's like we're going to pretend we have trust in people, but everyone ultimately is going to lose, vote yeah. you out at yeah. some point. Mm -hmm. um, but with yeah, Among Us, there kind of isn't that because. Maybe if there were multiple rounds of Among Us, and maybe they should build something like that, or like you're trying to, you know, win so many rounds, and then you win the ultimate round. I think it would totally change the strategy. Hmm. Okay, I like that. I mean, Among you us too. you you can have alliances in Among Us, um, but yeah, <laughs> but I love. I'm not exactly. I'm not a Survivor guy, but I'm a Big Brother guy, which is basically Survivor and Doors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I lo I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that kind of thing. I love watching it. It's fascinating yeah. the way people do Because alliances. it's like, because you, in order to get someone in a game like this, in order to get someone to trust you, you have to lie to them inevitably. So it's like, what is the- No, you don't. I mean, you kind of do if you want to win. And wow, if you want- learning a lot about no, you. if you're playing learning Survivor, only you. one person wins. Same with Big Brother, I assume. So like, inevitably, you have yeah. to lie to someone if- at the yeah. same time as getting them to trust Why? you. Why? Because don't you have to vote them out? I think and if Blay you tell is just someone saying this because Blay is going to be on the next season of Big Brother. <laughs> oh my god. Just gonna... Are <laughs> you announcing to... <laughs> that here, Blay? Is this an exclusive? You know what's fun is I actually I never do this, but I pulled a few strings years ago to be able to have a lunch with a guy from Big Brother, Dan Geesling, <laughs> who's who's like one of the big He's one of the best people to ever play the game. Brother. Uh, and I had lunch with him and it was, he's such a cool dude. And it was so fascinating to talk to him just about like 
being in that house, because the other thing about that, here's the other thing is in life, we are not trapped with each other. So we can't call each other on everything. In Among Us, you're on the right, ship. Right, right. Where were you? What were you yeah. doing? You were doing this. In real life, we don't have the ability to have such a closed environment. So we really can't call people on their bullshit as much. So mm -hmm. it really kind of Among Us and Big Brother and Survivor distills that into, oh my God, are you lying? Are you not? Which is like in real life, we might not even know. Like if I'm telling RJ, uh, we're going to have lunch at 1 p.m., but I'm kind of running late. I'm like, hey, man, and I'm running late because, I don't know, I didn't plan my bathroom breaks. I drank too much hot coffee, and I spent too much time in the bathroom. I don't want to tell him that. I'm like, oh, it's traffic. Well, I'm assuming so I'm it lying to either him. way. <laughs> <laughs> really, the lie would be, I was, I, the, the lie would be like, yeah, I was stuck in traffic. He's like, you're taking yeah. that crap. But no, I'm really <laughs> But So I think that's the thing, too, is, you know, we... We tell lies, to your point, Shannon, for different reasons. And some of them are survival. Some of them are sociological. Some of them are emotional. I don't want to hurt RJ's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of the fun of the game, too. Kind of like, I think we were talking about at the beginning. Like, it's a safe, stressful environment. Like, we never get the opportunity with our friends, close or not close friends, yeah. to call them out on their yeah. crap. You don't do that. It's not a polite move to say... You know, oh, I think you're lying about where you got those shoes because I was there on Friday and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, like that never happens. It's like a lying um, fantasy camp. It's like why escape rooms yeah. are so, and you know, fun because you, it's like a fantasy camp for actually being in a situation where you have to escape. Yeah. And maybe it's, it's maybe it's like evolutionary or like it's innate in us. Like when we were, you know, more primitive, you, you were in stressful situations, whether you liked it or not. And it was just kind of like you had to, you know... Blake, why isn't this built yet? We needed this built. Yeah. It's going to rain tomorrow, yeah. predicted by the shaman. What the hell is wrong with you? You know, whereas today, everything is very, you know, cordial and like, oh, it's nice to see you. That's a beautiful drink. I would like one as well. You know, it's all very polite. Uh, so I think there is something fun and like, I don't know, it just uh, it, it sparks us up, right? To just call each other out and yell at each other a little bit. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It does. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's like the lying thing. I think it's just so ingrained in our evolutionary traits that I think that's something that'll always be fascinating to us is kind of like, you know, um, the the kind of because I, I also when we watch things, we're trying to learn from them, too. So it's like when I'm watching a TV show like The Affair, which is told in, in, in dual POVs and neither one matches up, who who am I believing? And also, what am I learning from that? And as people lie, like, ooh, that, they got away with that lie. I'm going to store that away. You know, those kinds of things. Right. Did you guys ever see the movie Invention of Lying? Ricky Gervais? No. Well, yeah, it, I did see that. You know what? It's uh, not a great movie. And I think it's because, like, the first half of it, before he invents lying, is pretty boring. It's like all the characters yeah. just kind of saying, I think there's something about, lying that just like adds a little bit of like fun and spice even if it's not hurting anyone you know what i mean like it, it just some mystery yeah, just like a Suspense, little yeah. makes everything a little bit more interesting that's right um i hate to say this but i have to i have to go very soon uh because i have to go pick my mom up at the airport <laughs> okay so, <laughs> no problem say no to your mom. it's quite i really lie. do yeah, i have yeah. to go very soon yeah yeah Sorry. wow <laughs> no problem um shannon you wanted to get something in seemed like you had a thought there yeah, just I think it also relates to this idea of playing pretend and playing games, especially ones where you're playing a role is playing pretend. It's why we like role playing games and things like that. And we've liked them since we were little and we first developed this theory of mind, this idea that we can 
and the why we write stories and all these things. It's fun to think about what other people would think, what different characters would think, to then play those characters and be outside of ourselves, I think is, yeah, something that's very human. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, thank you guys for playing with us today and for being on the show, of course. Um, RJ Blay, where can people find you, listen to your pods? What's up? Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Uh, We are at hearmeouthearmeout.com. Our podcast is called Hear Me Out. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, thanks so much. Absolutely. And we lie to ourselves every yeah. episode, basically, every week. Yeah. That's right. And if you want more video game stuff, uh, listen to my podcast, Good Game, Nice Try. And you can go to goodgamenicetry.com. And if you want to hear uh, Ethan on our podcast, <laughs> you yeah! can go to the uh, Hear Me Out episode where Ethan, where Blay tries to convince me to quit the acapella group I'm in. <laughs> That's right. It was a very heated episode. <laughs> it was very fun to do. So definitely a go l- listen to that. A lot of truths were told <laughs> in that episode. Yes, very personal truths. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Shannon O'Dell, your podcast, where can people find you? Yes, so um, I, you can find me at the podcast, The Science of Self-Care. Um, I'm also a cast member on the Cyberpunk Shadowrun actual play podcast, Fun City. Uh, so you can find me there. Um, and you can find me on social media at Shodell. Awesome. Shodell. Love that. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a good time. Tell your mom hello from us, Blay. And uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you. Bad Science is a seeker podcast produced by Emily Feld and me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger. And our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. And the executive imposter-deucer is Brett Kushner. Oh, follow us on Instagram at BadSciencePod. If there's a movie you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email at BadScienceAtSeeker.com. That's BadScienceAtSeeker.com. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver. But it does help. It makes sure people know about the podcast, which we really appreciate. Thanks for listening. Bye.